podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Good evening. And after a very long, emotional and frankly brutal weekend... I'm kind of, I woke up feeling a little bit like Jack Grealish this morning, but maybe he's in a slightly better mood. Welcome to the Anglo-Italian pod. As always, my name is Rory and I'm joined by my very good friend, Adam. Hey, Rory. It's weird that kind of end of season has actually happened, mate. It's say here. It's, it's here and I can't believe it. It's seems to have gone so quickly over this weekend. Maybe it's just this heat wave as well in the UK that's making it feel so quick. But, mate, how are you doing anyway? I'm good, man. I'm good. I found myself on my app today, the FOTMOB app, just oh, yeah. clicking on it, just in hope that there was a football game on. And then it just says at the top, you need to follow more teams. Like, <laughs> there is nobody you follow. There's playing. nothing else left. And there was just a really sober moment of, oh, yeah. It's over. It's over. But guys, we are here to take you through the overness of it and look back mm. at what was an incredible weekend. Lots of action. I'm gonna. You're gonna watch me live. Try to remember a Champions League final because <laughs> yeah. I tell you what, there is not much I remember about it. Um, <laughs> so we're gonna be talking Champions League. We're gonna be giving flowers to Manchester City. We're gonna be giving flowers to Inter Milan, who definitely did not disappoint in their yeah. performance. We're going to get into it. We're going to be looking at this team here and how they broke my heart last night. And the girlfriend woke up and honestly was like, I feel sad. I feel how you feel when Arsenal lose. Mm. Okay, let's slow down. Not that, there's not that much, right? But yeah, I get, I, I get where you're coming from. And we are, of course, going to be talking about the team that Cagliari will be replacing as Hellas mm. and Spezia. Despite everything we said, Hellas managed to find a goal threat. Um, so just in the nick of time, they found a goal threat and were able to secure their survival, uh, which means we will be saying Arrivederci, or we are saying Arrivederci to Spezia, and we'll be discussing mm. how quickly we expect them to come back. How can Verona improve? We've got lots to cover. As we said, our end-of-season shows are going to be two separate shows. There's going to be two separate pods, one for an Serie A season review, Mm -hmm. one for the Premier League season review, and they will be released Friday, Friday, Saturday. At some point this week, they will be released. So keep an eye on our socials for that. But for now, Adam, anything to say before we go to the Champions League final? No, I think we should go straight for it. So let's do it. Let's do it. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. And here we are now. I'm going to take half a credit for this and say, I got it right. I said 1-0. I just said 1-0 to Inter, not 1-0 to (laughs) City. So, Tom, if you're listening, you owe me a tenner. Uh, Good. (laughs) City were victorious 1-0. A goal from, of all people, a goal from Rodri to seal the game. A beautiful finish as it stroked around the defenders who were trying to bravely block the goal. But a game that... Adam, in general, your takeaways from this game before we look at the key moments? I think it was a tough-fought game, to be honest. And I think if um, into a bit more ambitious, perhaps, in the final third, and obviously we saw a little bit more kind of persuasive action towards the end when they were chasing the game, I suppose. But yeah, it's, 
you on reflection you kind of feel like man city just did the job at the end of the day mm-hmm. they did what they had to do they didn't do anything magnificent they didn't do anything like they did in the previous game against real madrid for example where they completely whitewashed that team it was just one of those frustrating moments i think mm-hmm. it's fair to say i mean there's a few performances that i want to kind of highlight as well that i feel like maybe let into down on the day itself but i mean overall i think I don't know what your reflection was and what your hazy memory is like as well. Um, well, I'll tell you what. We yeah, paid, I think Inzaghi played really well. In, in we paid quite a, lot, quite a lot of money. We paid 20 quid to get tickets to see this place. You got two free beers, a bit of food. It was pretty good. But what I would say to them is next time, just move the screen like a meter higher um, because it just meant that most of the game I was staring at the back of some guy's head. Um, that, including the beer and whatever else, the second half is very much a hazy thing to me. All I really remember is the goal going in and being like, oh, God damn it. But what my general impression of the game was, was that Inter had more opportunities. They yeah. were much better than we expected. And I mean, we we were saying that they would do a good job, but I think honestly their yeah. performance was outstanding. Yeah. I think the only thing they needed to do was make more clear-cut chances, make Edison work a little bit more. I think Edison was only really forced into one or two saves when it mm. could a little bit more. Um, and once that City goal went in, I was like, oh, okay, that's it. That's, that's game over then, I suppose. I never really felt like in, we're going to get back into it. But of the players, before we kind of focus on City, mm-hmm. the players that really impressed me for Inter, I thought... DiMarco was absolutely fantastic. Yeah. You could tell that that game meant absolutely everything to him. Me, uh, Interboy, born and bred, absolutely loves it. I thought he was mm-hmm. outstanding. Um, I thought the, the attackers just had a quiet night in general, but yeah. I feel like the yeah. midfield did really well. I think players like Brozovic, and they were able to kind of get control of that midfield. I thought they did really well. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think defensively, Inter were, out, were very good. And then the player that... We've said we said for since this pod has started, we said how much Inter needed to replace Handanovic. They've got yeah. Onana and the passes he was playing, as mm-hmm. well as the saves he, that he was making. He has been such an important signing for them, and I thought he was like it's weird for the goalkeeper to be like one of the best playmakers on the field. Yeah. But I thought he was so so good, and I think he just he was able to relieve pressure for Inter. He was able to get attacks going for mm. them, and I think. Maybe Guardiola and City didn't anticipate him being that, like having that yeah. good an aspect to his game. I don't know if they really thought about it. And then all of a sudden they had to deal mm-hmm. with these like line breaking passes into the midfield. Yeah. And I think City were definitely on the ropes at times. And in uh they should have scored. I just wanted that one moment. Yeah. I wanted, I think like obviously I wanted Inter to, to win, obviously. But I just wanted us to be able to celebrate a goal. And I'm really disappointed mm. we didn't get that moment because I think Inter deserved it through their play. Um, it was still a fantastic day. It was still a fantastic mm. evening. It could have been a lot better, but it was still an incredible experience. And next time Inter will win it, I think. But you said there was a few players that you thought let Inter down. Is it Martinez yeah. and Lukaku? Because I think it might be Martinez and Lukaku. Well, surprisingly, I felt if we take that out of the equation, I felt... Dumfries was a bit slow on the ball. Um, there was mm-hmm. occasions okay. where he yeah, could yeah, be yeah. a lot more quicker, and it was the Dumfries that we've seen all season. In fairness, I worry. I mean, there's a few times where you know Barella's shouting just down the line or waiting for him to run and just yeah. kind of allow him to do that pass. So I felt at times he was just a bit lethargic. I don't know if the occasion his, got to him. Past, his but... football IQ isn't great, Dumfries. No, I think. he's he not is, the most he's, intelligent. He's is chaos. He? He's chaos. Yeah. Like, so th- yeah. there's that one. I thought Chalanoglu, I thought he struggled mm-hmm. in this game. I didn't feel like he had the same impetus that he normally does in terms of the gameplay. So I think he reflects on this. And you could tell when he was bought off, I think it was with four or five minutes ago, that he was genuinely really disappointed with his performance, especially being back at home, so to speak, mm-hmm. in Turkey. So I think he's going to be kicking himself. But yeah, uh, Lataro is an obvious one. I think Lataro is going to be really kicking himself in terms. You could see the emotion at the end of the game as well. Like there's a few occasions where he should have released the ball a bit quicker. Mm-hmm. There's one, for example, where he shoots from distance when he, all he has to do is pass it into Barella's yeah. path. And then yeah, yeah. Barella could either take a shot on at Edison or he crosses it into the box. Um, I felt like also, I don't know how you felt, but first half, when you've got Jekko, 
he wasn't really utilized much. And I don't know what the thought was, but he's not going to chase down the ball. And he's yeah. not going to be the kind of player that once he gets the ball, he's going to run with the ball itself and create something. Whereas Lukaku, when he came on, I thought was much more of a threat, gave a little bit of a headache to Man City. Mm-hmm. I appreciate we're going to probably talk about those chances and the way he became a Man this City is... centre-back yeah. instead of like actually being an attacker. Um but it's not for the wheel of like not wanting to score. I think no, no, no. I should do better, definitely I think, with the header, right? I think there's there's ways that players are bad. Now, some players mm. when they play badly, able to hide it, are able to hide yeah. it incredibly well and do it very subtly. Lukaku, when he's bad, it's just the most obvious thing, and I think he needs to learn how to play badly quietly because what it does is it just highlights everything. And like the the fact that now he's blocked and in a shot in a final twice just by being in the wrong place mm. at the wrong time and being massive. A part of it is really bad luck; it's just shit luck. And part of it is maybe just that split second of not making that extra move or thinking, where's yeah. my teammate? Where's the ball going? Just that slight switch off of concentration. And then it ha- and there was the cr- the ball across Galway. Just it didn't make the most of that either. And I just thought, I felt like we've talked about Rom and his, how much mentality is important to him and how much confidence just is just up and down with that yeah. guy. You can just see that the second... The second one thing went wrong for him. He's like, oh, fuck, it's not my day. It's just not going to, it's not going to happen. So I think it was the right substitution to make. It was, Mm -hmm. it had an impact. It did have an impact. I just think most Inter fans were cursing his name. I'll be honest. Um, Because he's got to be putting one of those away or getting out of the way of the Marco for that, because that's a good, that is a goal that is going in. Um, And these are the fine margins that the game are won and lost on, right? Ultimately, Mm -hmm. um, and I think City definitely rode their luck. But we do have to say, City got the job done. Um, yeah. The As I said, when the goal went in, there was never any doubt in my mind that City were going to win it then. I was like, there's no way you're going to come back now. City, you're just going to see this out. I know there were mm-hmm. still a few chances after that, but it, yeah. it never felt like Inter were going to get that goal. Um, and I think a big, big part of that is, and finally people are starting to recognise him, John Bloody Stones. The guy yeah. has been insane. And like, if you think about when he went from Barnes, it was Barnsley straight to, Barnsley, no, it was to yeah. Everton, then to City, wasn't it? And when he went to Everton, and even in his early days at City, people got annoyed that he'd spent too long on the ball or loose mm-hmm. passes. And he definitely had development to make, and he has developed a huge amount over the years. Like Guardiola's mm-hmm. turned him into this incredible, incredible defender. But I think seeing yeah. where he is now... He's this like continental style defender that we have in place for England. He should be the first name in that defense. Every day, every time England play, it's John Stones and somebody. If you can utilize him in that same way and you can say, give him the freedom to step up, step up into midfield, bolster the midfield, give numbers and create play. I thought he was absolutely fantastic. Mm -hmm. Um, And he has been throughout the second half of this season. And I think, if it wasn't for Haaland, yeah. um, he could have had a shout of player of the year because yeah, yeah. he's been unbelievable. And it's not often centre-backs get that kind of plaudit. Mm. So it would have been nice to see. And I think, were there any other players for City that stood out for you? I think John Stones was the one that really blew me away. Kyle Walker had an amazing game as well. But was there anyone else who stood out? I think if you look at the performances of centre-back, so Ruben Diaz as well was Mm -hmm. quite solid, I thought. And this is the thing, you you alluded to John Stones. He was magnificent in this semi-final against Real Madrid. I was lucky to see that live and to see how much he kind of just is going forward now with the ball. He's now becoming more of an attacking force. I actually think, Rory, he's got a place in that midfield, in England's midfield now going forward. Mm. Because I think if you had him alongside a Declan Rice, let's say, for argument's sake, I think that's a really strong midfield. Then it's just a question of trying to find a centre back now. That's that's the thing, yeah, isn't it? Yeah. So I suspect Gareth Southgate won't go down that line. But in terms of that Man City performance, I'm struggling actually for someone that was better than perhaps you know Rodri, um, but also we have to call it out Edison as well. I mean, I know yeah. the shots were at him, but I think one of them, he doesn't know it's there. He just yeah, gets yeah, something yeah. on it. Yeah. So I think you've got to give kudos to that. I felt like it was a bit of a weird one that he 
went with Ake instead of Carl Walker mm-hmm. um, because he must have clearly listened to our pod, realised that I said about that left-hand side being exploited. And I think Ake did a really good job in fairness. Um, but I think it was more the midfield pressure. And um, I don't know, I felt like as soon as De Bruyne came off, I thought, right, this is the opportunity for Inter. But actually, they didn't seem to make it look that obvious. And I don't know if that was Joan, John Sones' performance. But mm-hmm. before we kind of leave the um, Inter Milan praise as well, I want to just shout out, Acherabi's job on hard oh. was magnificent. Unbelievable. We were kind of tongue-in-cheek talking about how good he's been. And that was an unbelievable performance. Kept him so, so quiet. Almost yeah. forgot he was on the pitch. Um, yeah, just incredible. It's someone we've been really impressed with this season, though, eh? Mm, yeah, and definitely he's getting applauded now. I think mm-hmm. obviously there's the backdrop story about his life and what the struggles he's been through. I mean, if you figure out even this season, everyone wrote him off. They said, yeah. what is this signing? Like he's an ex-Milan player, essentially, because he's a Milan boy. Yeah, yeah, Went yeah. to Lazio. It looks like a favourite of Simeone and Zaki's. And you can see he's just restored that faith as well, especially when you consider part of the season, he's been trying to come up with the ball and then losing it in really stupid places and yeah. then trying to trace back. And he's like exhausted by the time he gets back to the other end of the pitch. So, I think he's developed that side of the game to be a bit more simplistic on the ball. And certainly he mm-hmm. seems to be getting a lot better with it as well. So a chair would be fair play to you. I wrote you off at the beginning of the season. You deserve all the plaudits now. Definitely. No, yeah, definitely. Definitely. He's been outstanding for them. He's been outstanding for them. One more City mm-hmm. player I did take had a very good game was Bernardo Silva. I thought he was fantastic. Um, it genuinely caused quite a lot of threat yeah. throughout the game. So I think he did really, really well. Um, now, there's a problem in, in my head. Um, I don't like Man City as a club for obvious reasons, but this team are very likable. I find yes. the team very likable. And I think yeah. the scenes post the game, obviously it's going to be Jack Grealish. I fucking love Jack Grealish. I absolutely love everything about him. He seems like a really pure, nice bloke, just your typical lad that's out on the piss, absolutely loving his life. Yeah. I love that him and Haaland are like best mates. I just think there's so many players in this squad. Like you can't look at John Stones and not feel happy for him for winning it or De Bruyne Mm. and think, yeah, you deserve this. Like, I feel like the team, sometimes it it just kind of hit me this weekend. I was like, we do only slag off the club, but I just wanted to say for the players, you have to just say as a sporting achievement, fucking absolutely fair play. Mm -hmm. Like it's not your fault. The club has cheated. It's not your fault. Is the, the club's done this, done that. You've gone out and you've reached the peak of your professional career, and they all seem like lovely blokes. So I just, yeah. I'm, I'm, that helped it a little bit, I suppose. Um, and I think, like, it's been great to see Jack Grealish has reacted exactly the way we expected him to, right? <laughs> yeah, definitely. You can see, uh, I mean, from the moment he's realized that he's won to like literally right now, just before us going live. We've seen pictures of him on the lash. Literally, he's probably still in the same kit, right? Yeah. Still loving the parade in Manchester as we're going live now. So, um, yeah, he's a downhearted kid, it's fair to say, because mm-hmm. everything he does in terms of fan mail is genuinely from him as well. He yeah. spends a lot of time on that fan mail stuff. One other player that I want to highlight, though, was also Haaland in the interview after the game. I don't know if you saw it, Rory, but he was talking to Thierry Henry about yes. asking him genuinely, like, what what one aspect would you kind of give me as a piece of advice? And he said, just turn on your right. If you can be as good as you yeah. are on the left-hand side on your right, you can screen Thierry, shut up. Just say nothing. Yeah, just say nothing. Nothing. You're perfect. Don't change a thing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it, yeah. I love the humbleness of Haaland uh, there mm. as well, because I think everyone has has this picture of he's quite arrogant he's up himself and maybe his mannerisms kind of on the pitch make him look yeah, like yeah. that but genuinely you can see he's a guy that's like he's hungry he still wants more and that's scary isn't it that it's is, fucking terrifying it's terrifying because he's just he's, he's he should get the ballon d'or at this rate like it's been insane mm. how good a year he's had um i did think there was a really funny quote in that same bit where it was like you know I, I just want it to be inspiration for other kids from small towns in Norway that can that they can achieve this. And I was like, yeah, I love that message. But have you seen you? <laughs> you look like <laughs> you were designed in a laboratory. If there's any kids in a town anywhere that look like you, they're being found. Don't worry. <laughs> I, I think I love the message. But Holland, you are a freak, an absolute yeah. freak. Um, 
But yeah, I really loved that. And I think the CBS coverage in general was fantastic. I loved that Jack Grealish had a bit of banter with Thierry Henry and Kyle Walker about who mm. would be, you know, in their prime and stuff. And I think what we saw there um, was a very different approach to a coverage of a game and a very different <laughs> approach to coverage in general as opposed to BT Sport. Now, Joe Spagnoli, hello, mate, has jumped in with a mm. quote. Every, let's be honest, English pundit, analyst or journalist that wrote Interoff deserves a serious kicking. Quite staggering that City's toughest game came against a team nowhere near the Scudetto. That's Inter for you. But the difference in coverage was absolutely mind-blowing. Now, obviously, I didn't watch the BT coverage live because I was out, but I have seen, let's say, the highlights yep. so far. Um, well, we, everyone can rest assured that the main the main story was Jake Humphrey's last game of, uh, last <laughs> yes, game of coverage. Everyone rejoiced as, with a drink. <laughs> as long as everybody understands that, right? It's Jake Humphrey's last game. There just happens yeah. to be a final going on in the background. Um what did you make of BT's coverage before we talk about how CBS might be saving our like sanity? I'm going to be brutally honest. I didn't really watch too much of it pre-game. I only yeah, literally yeah. switched it on for the game itself because I was having a barbecue leading up to it. So I was like, barbecue, oh, time for the game. Let's get yeah, it on, yeah, basically, yeah. and have a drink. I think this is a problem in general, and I'm going to generalise this because... I've seen this numerous times with BT Sports or TNT, as they're going to call themselves now going forward. But Whatever BT that Sports is. Yeah. is essentially quite lazy in the sense of that they get the same old personnel mm. who don't seem to do a lot of research on the teams that they're going to like cover on in terms of the games. And just generally, I found it quite ironic a few times where the likes of Hargreaves, not just Hargreaves, but say Michael Owen... And these kind of characters, they don't seem to do a lot of research on the teams. They don't understand what they are. They don't know what they're doing in their respective leagues. You know, they don't kind of look at the pattern of plays as well. Like Owen Hargreaves is a bit more on it in that respect. But the others, they don't really, they generalize it. And they say, oh, this player, he's top goal scorer. So he should be doing better in that mm -hmm. position. It's like you have no idea of how they play. And like... Yeah, I'd say I agree with Joe in terms of the coverage of how they kind of wrote off Inter. They expected this to be a whitewash. They saw yeah. just older players that have or used to play in the Premier League and expected them to be just really lethargic and maybe not put in the same intensity as perhaps Man City would. But it went to show that actually Inter deserves a lot of credit for the way they came out. They took the game to Man City and they kept them quiet really mm. kept them quiet. Yeah. But in terms of the coverage, I mean, I'm not going to miss the likes of Steve McManaman in CoComs. No. I mean, he was horrendous. I tried to block it out during the game. Um, but there's even moments, you know, Fletcher, I've forgotten his name, first name, but um, the CoComs, he Aaron can be Fletcher, a bit irritating yeah. now as well. And the worst one is Robbie Savage. We've alluded just, to him on the previous yeah, pod yeah. and he's terrible. I find, it, I find it really annoying that like, there was a, a really nice moment after the game where Kyle Walker was trying to talk about the journey that he's been on. Mm. And it, he went, I remember when my mum didn't have enough money to take to pay for the ice cream van. And he was yeah. obviously about to like make a tribute to his family in this journey. And Rio was like, let's kick this up a notch. What are you drinking later? And I'm just like, Jesus oh, Christ. Like, not only are you clearly not listening to the bloke, like you're clearly not listening to him. If you are, you must have a personality disorder because I don't know how <laughs> you go from that to that. And I just think it shows this like level of like, it's banter is such a weird thing because you have banter between Mika Richards, Thierry Henry and Carragher and it's not awkward. Yes. But when they do banter, because it's so forced and so like, lads, 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 it just does not work at all. And I think what we're seeing is CBS are really pushing forward onto what the coverage is going to be and what mm. people really want at the moment, which is serious football discussion, but they're not taken too seriously. And like the, the fact they're able to just get people come on and do decent interviews, ask decent questions, yeah. ask interesting questions. Like, I don't feel like Jake Humphrey has any interest in what anybody says to him beyond them letting him speak again. Like if anybody's seen that thread of his like partridge moments across his time at BT Sport, <laughs> the one where he picks on Keown about being late and Keown's yeah. like, 
yeah, someone threw themselves in front of the train. What am I supposed to do? Oh, oh yeah, that's that's not good, is it? Like, man, you're such a plank. And David Ginola giving him the wanker side. Yes. Behind him. <laughs> that was brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. How have I not seen that clip before? Oh my God, it was absolutely brilliant. So Jake Humphrey can sod off to teaching high performance to <laughs> un uninterested GCSE students and trying to shag the woman at the office and we can never have to look <laughs> yeah. at him again thankfully i'm hoping that tnt sport do switch it up because i think they said yeah coverage has been in general fantastic yes. um yeah. getting on people like james horncastle and uh, james richardson their european goal show is great because they get yes. raf honigstein and um julian laurent, yeah. julian laurent people that know the leagues yes right like mind-blowing mind concept <laughs> i hope they keep things like that and then you can still have ferdinand on if you want to cover united or Owen on if you want to bore people to death. But if you're into another league, get someone who knows about that league. Like the 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 level of knowledge for the general football fan is much higher now than it was 10 years ago. Yes. And I feel like yeah. they've not really moved on beyond that. Like, oh, Italian teams love to win 1-0 and uh, the, the Spanish defend. teams will dive a lot. Defend. Yeah, like, exactly. Like they're just Fine. these... Like people watch football from more countries now and know more, and the coverage needs to be improved. I think that's what CBS are doing. So fair play, CBS, mm -hmm. loving that. They, they're just so much better, so much better. But yeah, but goodbye, Jake Humphrey. Good luck in your future endeavors, whatever yeah. they are. Um, but I think we're going to leave the Champions League final there for now. I think. Was there anything else? I think feels so. I think the only thing I would like to just highlight is Inzaghi. I thought he got it spot on. Pet probably less so. I think it's fair to say, but. Yeah, other than that, I think we've pretty much covered all of the points in regards to that result. And yeah, as you've kind of nicely moved us on, they are treble winners. Yeah, They are treble winners. Um, a lot of talk of the greatest English team of all time. I think there's genuinely an argument for that. <laughs> I think there's genuinely yes, an argument for it. Yeah. Um, I don't want to get into the weeds of like player for player per 99 United yeah. and City this, but I think let's just say we are watching a very, very, very special team. It is an incredibly yes. special team. Um, and hopefully the rumors of Guardiola leaving in two years are true. Otherwise, nobody is ever going to win anything else ever. Um, and yeah, last one, Inter holding their heads high. They, this has been a good season for them, I think. Um, it's ended, obviously, they would have rather won the, the Champions mm, League, of obviously. Course. But I think top four... Uh, top four Coppa Italia and the Champions League final is actually a pretty successful season. Mm -hmm. Do you think Inzaghi can build on it for next year? I think there's still signs in this team that they can push on next year. I think so. It all depends on who they sell now, though, doesn't mm -hmm. it? Um, so there's a lot of rumours about Onana already being linked with Chelsea. Rumours are around £80 million is what they put as a price tag. But believe it or not, I think Chelsea have decided to go, okay, that's a bit too high and we're going to move on to Mike Magnan, which is probably more realistic for them at this stage, potentially because of what's going on at Milan. Yeah. They probably yeah, need yeah. some money right now. So potentially that could be a feasible kind of transfer. But the other ones that I saw prior to this final, Rory, was Dumfries to Man United for 50 million. Which please, I got. please. Mate, that would be hilarious just to see that happen because that'd be like another one Basaka essentially turning up at Man United, which... Again, would be hilarious, but I suspect there might be maybe a player transfer across, mm -hmm. perhaps maybe pushing Maguire out. But Maguire's sitting still; he doesn't want to leave Man United. He wants that account. payoff. He wants to he stay wants there. Payoff. He wants to stay there. That's for sure. Um, but the other one is Lotaro. Lotaro is mm. going to be massive, and I think if anyone's watched this final, I'm sure Demarco might be like potentially someone that someone's going to kind of go. He's a useful player. He's a really useful player. He's very um, good. He is very he is. good. He is. He is. He it's is just whether good. his will is to stay in Italy and see. I it think I, I don't want to jinx it, but I think yeah. he would just stay at Inter. I think he it's would just my stay at Inter. As well. but, he's yeah, a bit like yeah, Barella. Yeah. I think he's a homeboy. Yeah. I think he prefers to stay yeah. where he is. Now, as much so. as I dream of Barella arriving at Arsenal one day, it's just not going <laughs> to happen. Uh, I need to come to terms with that sooner or later. Um, but yeah, so into I think they can. They've already been linked to a few players, obviously classic free transfers, etc., for them to get involved in. But we'll be yeah. keeping on top of that because I think it's going to be an open race next year. It's going to be a it super will. open race again. So hopefully, Inter are involved. So we're going to leave that there. Um, let's go for the Serie B. 
the no the Serie A play relegation play let's out. Do that. Let's start yeah. there. Now, Adam, obviously I was watching Barry, so you need to take us through this game. All I saw was the last 10 minutes, maybe, and yeah. you weren't really offering much. No, unfortunately, it went the way of Hellas in this game. And I mean, that's not a bad thing to say because Hellas Verona just looked like they were more looking forward. They were just more geared up to actually mm. winning this game. Um, Spezia really started off lethargic in this game. And it really kind of started off within five minutes. Ferroni coming through, scoring quite quickly. And before you knew it, I mean, it felt like Hellas Verona were in control of the game. But Ampadu comes in and scores a thunderbolt of a shot. Uh, it has to be said, it takes two deflections on the way. So maybe that deflection makes it feel like it was more of a thunderblast than it was. Um, but then again, like about, it's about 10 minutes later, and Goy comes through. He has a one-two with Juric and tidies it into the corner past Dragovsky. So it's 2-1. But you think like, okay, it's 2-1, keep it calm. And Spezia are kind of trying their best to kind of dominate the midfield. Uh, they lose the ball at a crucial moments. Hellas Verona, a bit more direct with the ball going out, goes down the wings and Goy gets the ball. He shoots it past Dragovsky, but it takes a deflection off Ampadu. Ampadu basically is a bit of a car crash in this game, but that's not the end of it. So second half, it's obviously 3-1. You're thinking, right, Spez, you've got to change it up. They don't change the personnel very much. And then there's an opportunity that gets through by Shmorododov. He kind of dinks it past the goalkeeper and you're thinking the ball's going to just kind of bounce into the net. But the guy that I t- spoke about who scored the opening, Ferroni, he kind of uses his hands in the air and kind of punches it off like the score. Now, at the time, I have to say, when I was kind of second glance here, I was like, did I see that? Was that right? Was that like him like punching it off like the goal line? Um, goes through VAR and obviously, yeah, it comes through red card and it's a penalty. And Zolo steps up. Now, Anzolo, very quiet up until this point. And then he takes a penalty very poor penalty straight into the bottom left-hand corner. And uh, yeah, the Hellas Verona goalkeeper have to give him praise and just getting his name out. Montipo, he was incredible because thereafter there was two further shots. Um, one of them involving Anzolo as well. Um, there was certainly another shout for penalty about 10 minutes before the end of the match, Rory. All kind of mm-hmm. just kind of scoops into the air. And somehow it lands on one of the defenders' um, hands, but it's not given despite the protestations of Spezia. Um, Spezia just run out of ideas. Ampadu is kind of forced into that midfield. He has a wild shot a few times, one that hits the crossbar, one that saved by Montepo. You saw towards the last five minutes, basically it was a game like that. It was one of those games that actually was really good to watch uh, for the neutral anyway. Mm -hmm. It looked like a great atmosphere in the stadium. It was hard to tell because both sets of fans were opposite ends of the crowd. So there wasn't much sound through that. Um, But that said, that pretty much summed it up because Spezia basically ran out of puff. They didn't know what to do half the time on the ball. Uh, Arkadiusz Racker, who's on the left-hand side, crosses it a few times and it goes off for like a goal kick a few times. You had really misplaced passes all over the place. Spezia looked sloppy. They didn't look up for it and they got relegated, rightly so. We said prior to this game that they had only scored three goals. The last goal they scored was against Roma, the other two against Milan a good four weeks ago when Milan were struggling in their kind of form. Uh, leading up to the Champions League game against Inter. So, yeah, Hellas definitely deserve it. Rory, I think the question you had is whether Hellas can do better next season. Um, But I think there's going to be a place for who's going to leave Spezia. We talked about Dragovsky. We talked about a few of these players. Um, Agudelo came on very late. I mentioned to you in a WhatsApp chat, came in with eight minutes ago. I was surprised he didn't turn up a little bit sooner in this game. Uh, it's just a car crash of game, unfortunately. Um, not many of the defenders will be snapped up. I'll give you that. None, <laughs> none of the defenders no. will be snapped up. But Dragovsky is probably going to be a good backup for someone. Um, mm. But yeah, your thoughts on this? 
Uh, kind of, uh, is it predictable? I my only worry was that Hellas wouldn't have enough goal threat because they haven't this season. But yeah. Ngonje, who got the two goals, he's now got three goals this season, and two of them were last night. Yeah. So he turned up at the right time. Um, but I think we've said it fairly consistently. The players like Lazovic and Tomeze, like there is a bit of like Serie A standard, like good Serie A players in that team, and that if they could just get that little bit of luck that they could kind of get themselves in get themselves um, safe again. I don't think they'll be this bad again next year. I feel like this no, was them recovering from losing huge players last season. They're not able to invest straight away, but maybe this summer will give them a bit of time to just up the level of the squad a little bit just to keep them a little bit more comfortable because I think this was a bit of a blip, this mm. one. Um, for Spezia, yeah, the second they got rid of... Um, Motta, and I know he wasn't doing well at Spezia, yeah, that's why they fired him, but they've not been able to find someone of the same standard um, no. to keep them in the league, and I think, yeah, a lot of that team are going to be picked off. I think Shomorodov's on loan, right? Is he on loan? Yes, he's remember. on loan um, from Roma. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but Agadelo, like you said, he should be gone, um, and Zola will probably be gone. Dragovsky, um, there's a, there is some quality in there, and I think they're just a little bit too good for Serie B. Mm. Um, but yeah, Nice to see Verona stay in the league. Sorry, Spezia, but I do think Verona are like a proper Serie A. Yeah. They're like, you know, they're, they're yeah, they're fucking mad Part right of the wing. the heritage, aren't they, of the original? Yeah, league, yeah, right? yeah. They're like mad right wing and upset people, <laughs> which is great. But also, like, they are a yeah, truly historic club and they are, they deserve to be where they are. Yeah. They should be where they are. Um, Spezia, I'm not sure. Yeah, I'm not sure what happens. I think their ownership is quite good. I feel like they're not... Mm-hmm. They're not a club that's going to struggle financially. They're not a club no. that, like, like when Sampdoria went down, it felt like life no. or death. This feels like okay, just reset, go again. Um, mm. So maybe in a couple of seasons we'll see we'll see Spezia back. Um, it will be yes. nice to see them back. I like their stadium. I like the the energy that they bring, um, and I think their recruitment in general is very good. Like for them yes. to be able to get yeah, the players yeah. they have for a team that has a stadium of like seven thousand or whatever it is, exactly. Like that yeah. shows that they've got very good recruitment. So I think the fans. As much as relegation is obviously annoying, um, I think they, they can still have a little bit of hope of like, yeah, we can, we, we'll be back. Um, but mm. Serie B is a very difficult league to get out of. It is. <laughs> it's a very yeah. difficult league to get out of. God damn it. Um, and Rory, there is a nice little link because it wasn't the night for Esposito's brothers, was oh, it, really? So God. What we've a got the one man. that was getting relegated from the league, but we've also got to probably move on to the Bari game because there was an and... Esposito up front and... Younger the third brother, brother mm. the third brother who lost the under twenty World Cup final against Uruguay. That funny, and I'm before the game, I was like, "Oh, tis like to the missus. Have you seen this? Like, look, the yeah, yeah. brother and brother, and they're like still, yeah. Wow, what an amazing night for the family. Incredible. The parents must be so proud. Yeah. I'm sure they're still proud. Of course, <laughs> they're still proud. But that night must have been bloody rough." In, uh, <laughs> On the phone, all all three of them trying to call their mom at the same time. <laughs> like, exactly. yeah, it would, have been, would have been quite rough. But yes, we do need to talk about it, I suppose. Um, Esposito uh, was unable to really do anything as Barry lost 1-0 at home. Uh, just mm-hmm. friggin' hell. They lost 1-0. Um, it meant they lose 2-1 on aggregate. And Cagliari headed, I completely forgot, headed by Claudio Ranieri. Yes. Um, are back in Serie A. Now, when he took over, they were in 14th place. Mm -hmm. He's managed to get them into the playoffs and now get them through the playoffs so that they bounce back straight back into Serie A, right? So they got relegated last year, um, bounced straight back. So that's Genoa and Cagliari, straight back into the league, insanity. Um, And before I like moan about Barry and talk about how much (laughs) the pain that that evening was, I feel like Cagliari really... You could tell that they were a team that recently got relegated mm. because I think there's still some players in that team, not just Pavoletti who came off the bench and scored the goal, who I remember scoring bangers in Serie A and has had three seasons in Serie A where he's got over 10 goals. Like he's okay. He's 34 now, but he is a good quality player, but like in midfield players, like, I don't know, um, Dipardo and I thought Lovumbo up front was very active until they took him off. I feel like he really caused Barry mm. a lot of problems. I feel like the main thing here was that Cagliari were just a bit more willing to be on the front foot. Yes. Um, and also Zappa, the right back, was absolutely fantastic. He did he ran absolutely everything for Cagliari down that wing. Um, but they were they had a clear objective in mind. They were like, we need to come here and we need to win. Yeah. And that was the plan from minute one. It was right. We need to get a goal here, so that's what we're going to do. 
mm. Barry, I feel like, as opposed to Cagliari being a team that are clearly just from Serie A, Barry still have some Serie A cheap players, some Serie D yeah. players, and these are players that are stepping up to the level, they're stepping up to the plate. They were two minutes away from being Serie yeah. A players. Like, these are good players, but you could see there was just that little bit of lack of experience, that little bit of lack of, like, composure, mm. and it just, it, it really showed between the two teams. Because as the game went on, I feel like what Barry should have done in the first half it's a bit easy with hindsight now, but yeah, I think course. I would have been much more attacking first half and said, if we get one goal, this game is dead. Mm. If we get one goal, Cagliari need two, and then they're in trouble. I think what the manager did was he was sat between stu- two stools. Like Cagliari had a clear game plan, a clear objective, but he didn't. And the second he got to nil-nil at half time, I was like, okay, that's good. They've not conceded, but don't sit too far back now. You can't just... Yeah wait for this game to finish. And that's basically what they did. I think they were quite unlucky because they brought off Esposito, who did have a quiet night, and they brought on uh, Cheter, or Cheter, who was mm-hmm. then injured five minutes later and had to come off, and they brought on Follow Runshaw, who has right. scored a lot of... He's scored a lot of late goals this season. He's been He's got some big moments. He hit the post as well. Badly hit the post and the crossbar. Mm. Um, they did have some opportunities, but it was very much just sit back, counter, sit back, counter. Mm. And then it was much more... West counter and just sit back, sit back, sit back. And then when the ball came into the box, like they just give Cagliari too much time on the ball and they have the ability, they have that time to pass it round the area and get the perfect angle. And then the centre back mm. just loses his marker and Pavoletti's there to, to tap it in. And at that point, 92nd minute of six minutes added time, everybody knew it's the game late. was over at that point. Yeah. Um, it was just an absolutely classic moment of just for fuck's sake, of course that was going to happen. Of course that was going to yeah. happen. Um, and I feel like maybe the manager should have learned some lessons last night and probably has yeah. learned some lessons last night. But the point remains that it has been an incredible season for a team that have just come up from Serie C. They were two mm. minutes away from back-to-back promotions, um, which yeah. would have been incredible. I think what now, if there's any Bally fans listening for a slight silver lining, is like maybe now you have that year to pad out the squad a little bit more, improve it, mm. and then be ready for Serie A. Because I was looking at a lot of the team, and I was thinking, if you do get to Serie A, how ready are you for it? Because what you don't know. want is to... What you don't want is to get there and just be Derby in 2008 or whatever and just get spanked yeah, for exactly. fucking 38 games. That's not what you want. You want to get there and be able to compete. And I think there still needs to be a little bit of quality added to that team. Mm. Um, Kadira had a very quiet night. I feel like, I know we love him, but he's such a weird player. Well, <laughs> he's such I, was a weird player. His, I was looking at last time he scored. Last time he scored was 19th of May and that was against yeah, yeah, uh, Genoa. So that was genuinely like good couple of weeks ago since he's scored yeah. a goal. So it's been a while. He, he's it's been gone a while. quiet. He's gone quiet. And I think, yeah, there was a lot. It's kind of disappointing. I feel like he didn't really do much last night. The only player that really mm. stood out for me uh, for Barry was, and I need to check if he's right back or left back because listeners, I'm terrible at this game. But Dorval, the right back for Barry, twenty-two uh, year old French right back, I thought he was absolutely fantastic. He mm. ran absolutely everything down the wing as well. I thought defensively he was very solid. Every break that came through, every mm. break that Barry had basically came through him and came through his running, his passing. So I thought he had a very exciting game and was a player that I thought, okay, nice, yeah, this is someone okay. to be excited about. The keeper, Caprile, made some really good saves, yes. especially in the first half. Um, like, Cagliari definitely had their chances. And I think overall, it was probably fair that Cagliari went through, even though I'm very, very disappointed. It's probably fair that Cagliari were yeah. promoted. But Caprile kept them in the game. Um, and I think Maiello in midfield as well. But that front line of Kadira and Esposito, like Esposito is a bit of a weird one. He's 20 years old now. He was a player that a lot of people were very excited about when he came through at mm, Inter. Imagine, he went yeah. on loan to, I want to say, Empoli. Um, and he absolutely smashed it. No, it was Venezia. I want to check. And he absolutely oh. smashed it up in Serie B for a while. In Venezia, he, he did quite well. Um, and in Bar- he went on loan to Basel, did quite well. And there was a bit of excitement about him, but at the moment it just feels like he's kind of petering out a little bit. Um, the form isn't quite there. I thought he had a very, very quiet night. Um, so, yeah, for Barty, uh go again, I suppose. We go again yeah. next year, see what happens. Um, 
But we have to say for Cagliari, it's great to see Claudio Ranieri still oh. absolutely smashing it up, right? Yeah, beautiful scenes. And you saw how much it meant to him as well at the end when obviously just sees the final whistle, hugs by his group. He's just crying. He's absolutely mm. bawling himself out. Um, but yeah, I think the backdrop of his history as well at Calgary, obviously, this was like the last chance saloon, I think, in yeah. terms of his like career, because we know he hasn't had great fun since his uh, kind of exploits at Leicester. I mean, if you remember, he spent time in France. I think it was Nantes, wasn't it? I think I want to oh, say. Yeah. Then there was that spell with Watford as well. Um, Fulham. He had, he had yeah caretaker role at Roma for a brief period of time, Bloody if you remember, hell. as well. So he hasn't had it much joy, shall we say, since yeah. that uh, time. But yeah, beautiful moment. I hope... Um, he gets one last run out. I think he might be given the chance to kind of keep them up in the league, and then it'll be on his terms whether he wants to stay there. Um, I think he has to. Easy. He has to be in the job next year because yeah. for him to turn them round in that short amount of time from sixteenth or fourteenth, whatever it was, to promotion is an incredible mm. impact. Um, and I think classy as always, Claudio Ranieri. The Cagliari fans were chanting Serie B, Serie B to the Bari fans. And he went up and was like, no, 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 we don't sing that. We don't sing that. Like, sing about us, not about them, right? And I think he's just a super classy guy. You can't yeah. not love him. And the last thought on this, I suppose, maybe, is the San Nicola. That stadium looked unbelievable. I just keep... Yeah. Like, obviously, I went there last year, but it was like a crappy cup game. There wasn't many people, and like it was still great to visit the stadium. But going seeing that, I was like, I need to go there for a league game. Like, holy crap, it just it would bring so much to Serie A. Barney oh, being in Serie, I know I'm biased, but Barney being in Serie A would bring so much to, to the league that the passion in that city and the passion in that stadium, the atmosphere oh. on believable the whole the first five minutes of the game you couldn't see anything because of all the flare smoke <laughs> and like, then again then at half time again and it was just it looks incredible they call it uh the spaceship in the desert because it yeah. looks like it's just fucking landed there from somewhere literally just incredible incredible so hopefully it won't be long before they're back in Serie A. it's mm. now been 2011 was the last time they were there under antonio conte can you believe that wow. was the last time they were in Serie A. um so yeah fingers crossed it won't be long it was a very very disappointing evening but we go mm. again i will be there to watch them in Serie b the missus has said she's not going to the san siro until it, she's able to see Barry, so it can't be too long. It, it can't yeah. keep her waiting. Can't keep, keep her waiting too long, guys. Like, Come on, yeah, hurry up. Next year, next year. So we're going to leave that there, guys. Um, congratulations again to Cagliari and uh, Ranieri. Yep. It will be great to see them back in Serie A. As although their fans are so fucking racist. Yes, Just, I, don't, ready, I don't. The racism incidents are about to go up by three hundred percent. I remember when they got relegated, me and Tommy were oh, like, bye, yeah. off yeah, you go. See you later. <laughs> yeah. We're just sick of the stories coming out of there. So yeah, there'll be a few more racist incidents, but I think as a team, it's good to see them back. Um, mm. Two teams bouncing straight back, and then we've got Frosinone. Yeah. It's exciting. Yeah, that is very exciting. I cannot wait, actually, for Giladino, what he can Giladino, do with that yeah. Genoa side. And Frozenone, obviously, with uh, Fabio Grosso. It's incredible. That is going to be incredible in itself, isn't it? So we've got two ex-Italian national players now in the league as managers, which is just going to be phenomenal. It two feels like a football manager's like, takeover. Let's see what yeah. we can do with those squads now. It's going to Two be World Cup winners coming into the league. And for another name to be thrown into the hat, uh, not Serie A, but I think it's still Serie C, uh, Alessandro Nesta has just taken over at Reggiana Ooh. as well. So he is in the management game looking suave as ever. Um, I was pretty excited about that. So I will be keeping my eye on... I always loved Nesta as a player. People don't talk about him enough as to how good he was. Oh, Reggiana um, not in Serie B. Red, no, Reggiana. Reggiana. Oh, yeah, okay. it's the different. It's the it's the yeah, other one. Okay, um, so he's taken over them. So it'll be exciting to see how his management career goes as well. Um, so plenty of Italian legends to look forward to. Frosinone mm. will be a lot of fun, I think. Um, a very attacking team, and they absolutely stormed the league this year. Like it wasn't even close. So it'll be interesting to see how they did the how they do. Last time they were in Serie A, they got beaten up quite a bit, I think. So hopefully they'll <laughs> yeah. do better this time. Uh, they could be our new like 
or new Salernitana, maybe. Mm. Uh, we'll see. If they could ever we'll be replaced in our hearts. <laughs> um, but I think that's all the football. God damn it. That's all the football. Wow. What do we talk about now, Adam? Uh, speculation. Oh, no. We've got to talk about one individual, Roy. One special individual. Oh, oh, unfortunately, we're going to have to say rest in peace, right? Rest in peace, Silvio. Oh, big news. Big news big, today. Silvio Berlusconi, giant of Italian Italy. Uh, sadly passed yeah. away this morning after a long battle with illness. Um, kind mm. of a weird one. The country's mood, obviously being in Italy at the moment, the church bells started ringing. Now, not in like a happy way. It was very much a but, sad church yeah. bell ring yeah. when the news was when the news was released. Just I need to clarify that because when I sent, <laughs> yeah. it, to, I sent yeah. it to the boys on WhatsApp, I was like, "Oh, the church bells are ringing," and they were like, "Bloody, that's a bit harsh." I was like, "Oh no, maybe no, they're no. just it, doing like, it to a... Venga boys or something like that." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it was in a nice, in a in a in a sad way. Um, yeah, I think there's been lots of players from Milan that have paid tribute to him, uh, saying how much of an impact they had on his life, how much of an impact he had on that club was yes. insane. So he took over in 1984, I want to say 1987. Um, they won multiple Champions Leagues, multiple Scudetti. Their most successful period, I think, um, was under him and just mm-hmm. always an interesting guy. Always yeah, yeah. added a bit of colour to things, moment. right? Never dull moment with him. And uh, we're talking offline before we started about some of the milestones that he's achieved, not just like on the other side of things in terms of his characteristics, but also just what he actually achieved in Milan was Mm -hmm. just phenomenal. When you think about he took over the club when they were essentially bankrupt, took them over from that kind of plight, um, drove them on to the success under Saki, obviously Capello, and then, obviously, in the late 90s, we had Ancelotti and that squad that he managed to assemble. What he did for Milan as well was that kind of revolutionary thought in terms of he basically all of his other businesses he bought into that Milan kind of setup. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. we're talking about not just that media aspect, also the entrepreneurial aspects, like building this dynasty at Milan. And also, when you think about Italians in that era, I would say, were a bit more advanced compared to the British clubs when it came to but, like even yeah, just looking yeah, yeah. at like healthcare. But he was a step above most Italian mm. teams when it came to it. So they'd have like dentists on site, for example, yeah, yeah, yeah. people that would look when it came to like that kind of medical stage where if there was something wrong with your teeth, that was it. You weren't being signed. Yeah. It was to yeah, the letter. Yeah. It was kind of made sure that you were getting someone that was going to basically perform and mm-hmm. i've heard some really funny stories about how Bellasconi, when he went to certain matches he'd say i really like this guy and he forced that player onto that coach which like the classic is arigo saki during the years before he left for the italian national coach and obviously capello is then lumbered with these players but then they go on an unbeaten run with the same yeah. kind of squad that he's assembled so um yeah you have to say silvio Bellasconi interesting guy like eccentric is probably the best word to he, describe in why he, he lived his life to the full and did what the hell he wanted um and that was yeah, yeah that's kind of it really i suppose the stories about him are always so funny about him making just the most inappropriate jokes to players about their wives in front of them and just <laughs> i think he just had zero fucks to give about anything um, oh yes and just if i can the one thing that always makes me laugh and I just think because it just, you know, like people study international like politics and go masters and PhDs and maybe yeah, get yeah. a job into in in politics and then you, you have to deal with diplomacy as this really finely mm. balanced thing. Don't upset anyone. Don't like you know it's all a big chess game. And then Bellasconi just describes Merkel as an unfuckable pig. <laughs> And you think, okay, right, Jesus Christ. <laughs> All the rules are out the window. This guy doesn't give a shit. And even, I know that's very offensive, but it just always makes me laugh. It always makes me laugh that this guy just did what the frig he wanted. Um, for good, for bad, and for, for good and for worse, um, I think. Because I think mm. that his legacy away from football is very, very, very dirty and murky and... Yeah, All sorts. Um, but there was quite a funny thing as well. <laughs> a website today... Um, I need to. I sent the screenshot to the boys. Um, it's from um, Escort Advisor, uh, which is a, <laughs> a website where you can review straight away escorts. Yeah. 
and their front page was just Ciao Silvio, uh, which I really, <laughs> really appreciated. And I think he'd have appreciated it as well. So, uh, yeah, rest in peace, uh, Belsconi. Kind of, yeah, that's it, really, I think. Yeah, I think he did once say Milan was the most expensive prostitute he'd ever had. So that sums him up, doesn't it? Ah, <laughs> uh, what a quote. What a guy. What a guy. <laughs> um, we're going to leave that there for now, I think. And then we're going to do, I don't know, a little bit of transfer nonsense. Declan Rice still has a time for Arsenal and I'm getting impatient. And I've been like studying the video of him greeting Saka and Ramsdale at England <laughs> yeah. camp and be like, do they, oh, Ramsdale called him captain. Why did Ramsdale call him captain? Oh, there's a clue Ooh, there. I feel like I'm that. really, it's, 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 over, it's taking over <laughs> my psyche, Adam. I'm in trouble. This summer might kill me off. Should we start off then talking about the one that I tagged you on, which is Cancelo to Arsenal now? Mm. That was a hell of a potential signing. Well, what was your initial thoughts on that one first? Uh, a really weird one. I don't want us to just sign... Like, look, I love Zinchenko and, and Gabriel mm. Jesus, but we're not going to be able to compete with them by signing players that they don't want. Like, when City overtook us in like the early 2000s, they were buying the players that we didn't want to sell them. Yeah. Nasri, Torre, Adebayor. They were going, oh, thank you, we'll have them. Now, obviously, we can't do that to Man City. I realise that. But us buying their kind of... I don't The players that they see surplus to requirements. Mm. I don't know if that's where really where we improve to the level of getting better than them. Cancelo is a player I really like. I would definitely not be angry about signing him. I'd just be a little bit concerned about Arteta relying on his Man City connections to get him somewhere. Mm. Um, whereas I think his recruitment elsewhere has been good enough to not have to do that. Um, mm. Now, obviously, players like Nuno Tavares, etc., just haven't worked out. So he's definitely got some like black spots <laughs> on, his, on his notebook. But I think we don't need to be just going for every player that City get rid of. Um, I think we can, we can do a bit better than that. Um, and if we get that lad from Galatasaray... I've heard that he's very good, Sasha Bowe that we've been linked to. Okay. I'd be quite happy about him. But I think it's going to be a big summer, eh? It's going to be a big summer for Arsenal. We're so. going to throw a bit of money about. Um, I saw that Tottenham today, no, Newcastle, um, are very, very close to getting James Madison. Tottenham also okay. made an offer, apparently, but he's leaning more towards Newcastle. That's not a surprise for anyone, is no. it? We've known he's wanted to be there the entire season, right? Yeah. Yeah, definitely we have. The other one that really, I think, is permanent now is Yuri Tillerman. So I don't know if you saw this to Villa. Uh, so free transfer. So that's a very, probably Aston, a stupid one, isn't it? Aston Villa are about to get Monchi um, from okay, Sevilla. Yes. Yeah, uh, now, Arsenal, um, Ibrahim Mustafa made me aware of this, a friend of the show. Mm. Arsenal wanted Monchi and Emery together. Uh, when they brought in yeah. Emery and Monchi turned down Arsenal. It will be interesting to see how Emery and Monchi do because they were together at Sevilla, I think, yes. in the yeah. first yeah. iteration when Emery kept winning the Europa League. I think this is an incredibly, more than the players on the pitch. Now, Roma fans will tell you differently because Monchi at Roma did not work at yeah, all. Fine. But I think there is the potential for this to be very, very big season for Villa to kick on if they bring in Manji. And Tielemans is a very good start. If you can get his focus again and get him, because it seemed like he just lost interest completely. Yeah, just lost it. You've got a hell of a player there. Another very high-quality midfielder. That midfielder is looking good at Villa. Mm -hmm. It is. And linking it to Serie A, today it's rumoured that Herving Lozano is also a target for Aston Villa. So wow, I've already damn. kind of said to Billy off the Aston Villa kind of pods that I think he'd be Goodbye. really good in terms of suiting that kind of ideology of what Emery wants to get out of a player. Someone that fights really hard for the ball, offers pace, you know, someone that comes off the wing, but potentially could score goals as well, like contribute with Ollie Watkins. I think that'd be, yeah, a hell of a sign. It's a really interesting sign. one. I really yeah, like, I that like that idea. I really like that yeah. idea because Lozano is a little bit hit and miss, and I think um, Napoli fans would tell you that he's like he's he's inconsistent. But if you can get uh, if you can get a um, a tune out of him, he's a very very mm -hmm. dangerous player. So that would be an exciting one. But guys, I think we're going to call it a day there. I think we're gonna we're gonna end it there. Um, we just yeah. want to say thank you to jo for joining us on all of these um, lives across the season. Um, we appreciate every single one of you. Um, mm -hmm. As a gift for us, why don't you tell a friend and tell them, oh, next next season, when the season's kicking off, exactly. check out these guys. They're absolute legends. Um, and yeah, always worth a listen. 
but not as big a legends as you are, guys. So thank you again. Um, on Twitter, you can find us at Italian Anglo Pod. On Instagram, at Anglo Italian Pod. Hit the like and subscribe button here. We still have two episodes left, guys. Our Serie A season review, our Premier League season review, where we will be giving out the Anglo Italian Awards. <gasps> Exciting times. Adam, anything to say before I send him off with a quote? Massive thank you to all, really. I suppose we, what I would say is we've grown this year, Rory. I know mm-hmm. it's been the first year of us two being part of a pod. A new um, era. A lot of changes, it has to be said. But um, I've enjoyed it, mate. It's been amazing. A bit like yeah. Jack Grealish. I'm going to go off now and get pissed. Right? Right? Enjoy it, right? 72-hour binge. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I can't wait. Um, but we are going to leave you with a quote. Um, and this is from bt sports coverage um and it's mario balotelli it's not humphreys don't worry we weren't going to quote him um not again it's mario balotelli where he turned around um and said this is for you adam poland you guys play some dreadful football well good luck with that (laughs) guys we will see you next time Podcast Network.